everybody. Welcome to episode 46 of Weighing In with Andy Hamilton and David Mercatani. I'm Andy Hamilton coming to you from the National Wrestling Hall of Fame Dan Gable Museum in Waterloo, Iowa. Joined, as always, from the St. Louis suburbs by David Mercatani. David, welcome back. How are things down south? It's hot and sticky, but everything's good, sir. How are you doing? Doing well. Doing well. I've always kind of said I, I don't think there's any place on earth that's hotter than Missouri in late July. You know, the, the hottest I've ever been in my entire life, I think, is at, uh, in St. Louis or Kansas City at ball games. Yeah. In, uh, in the middle of summer. It's, uh, it's a place where you need to find shade. Yeah, for sure. Although I, I see, uh, I know you're doing work outside, uh, getting everything set up in your new home. So you must be dealing with the heat as well, right? Yeah, I'm going to be picking uh, deck stain out from underneath my fingernails, I think, for probably about three weeks. But, uh, yeah, that's all done. And i going to put a chain link fence next week. So um, lots of stuff going on. And uh, getting ready to go to Finland. Yeah, I'm for, jealous, man. That's awesome. Excuse me. I'm going to leave a week from Friday, the 28th of July. So, be in Finland for 11 days and then back for 11 days and then off to Paris for the Senior World Championships and staying over there for the Cadet World Championships. So <clears throat> I've never been out of the United States and here over the course of the next seven weeks, I think uh, I've got about 18 days left in the United States until September 12th. So looking forward to going to see. You've never been overseas? No. No, I've been uh, close enough to throw rocks into uh, the Rio Grande and um, fished (laughs) in, uh, you know, boundary waters, but uh, never, never on foreign soil. So it's going to be going to be exciting. Uh, Lots of uh, incredible wrestling over the course of uh, those three tournaments. Uh, Dave, you were actually in the get a power strip. Get a power strip. For the foreign yeah. uh, plugs. That's the yep, one piece indeed. of advice I can give you when I was in Dubai. This is the first thing indeed. I bought when I got there. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, actually, my sister's, a, my sister's a flight attendant for United, and uh, we've gone down the checklist of, ah, you're well, you know, you're the well do's prepared. and, and yeah. don't do's. So, yeah. Cool. In the process of that. But uh, you were in the corner for the Junior World Team Trials out in Lincoln. I was. And, uh I don't know how much of that tournament you got a chance to see, but uh, um, from your vantage point, I know you've watched a lot of these guys. You know, you've seen a ton of Mark Hall. You've seen, uh, you know, Dayton Fix was in your your event, the Border Brawl this year. You've seen you've seen a lot of these guys compete. What do you think of this junior freestyle team that uh, the United States has assembled? It looks like a lot of firepower on that squad group. It looks home like- a lot of medals. Yes, it looks like it's super, super good, uh, the very front line. Like some of the weights, you know, maybe the fifth or sixth best guy isn't a superstar, but in every weight, it looks like, you know, we're, we being USA is really, really good. You know what I mean? You know, we, you know, our guy wrestled against Malik Heinzelman, who's really good. I mean, you mentioned Dayton, you mentioned Hall. I mean, guys like Abel Stevenson, you said, you know, he was wrestling Gwiz the other week. I mean, you know, there's just guys like that that are just 
they're really good. There's a lot of medals on that team and a lot of medals to be had. Uh, I'm, I'm jealous. I mean, I'm happy for you. I'm jealous. I think that'd be awesome to go see that stuff. And you're going to have, I mean, you'll do a great job reporting, but you're going to have just personal memories of these guys, you know, 10 years later, not only the Americans, but the other guys that are wrestling, those will be the Olympians, you know, five, eight, 10 years from now. So that's going to really be cool. But yeah, I, I think America would do really well. It's just hard, right? Like you don't have a scouting report. It's not like how good your guy is, even in the state tournament or the national tournament, or like for us in the NCA tournament where we, we do these rankings and we kind of know what's an upset or not. It's really kind of hard to know how good somebody is from Azerbaijan or Russia or Romania or Bulgaria, you know, all of these things. I mean, you can look at rankings, but there's no common opponents to speak of. It's just, it's really difficult. But um, I know Cody Bickley super excited about that team. And when I talked to Bill Zadick, um, he was really excited about it. And I know Kevin Jackson is really excited about it too. So if those guys are, are that excited, I think we probably have as good I think we do. It's amazing how much age division success the United States has had here in the last four or five years comparative to uh, comparing that to what had transpired maybe over the course of the previous 15 or 20 years. It just seems like the dam has broken here. And, uh, you know, the United States has kind of figured it out. And I don't know exactly why, if you want to credit uh, just the access to video uh, that's out there now, uh, so many kids being so much more advanced than ever before just because of the, the library of video that's out there to study top wrestlers from around the world. I think the uh, regional training centers and yes. uh, the club system has been uh, vital in that as well. Uh, but uh, what we're seeing now, and we, we spoke to this, uh, I think, a week ago or two weeks ago about uh, just – uh, you know, how much depth, and you, you touched upon it just a couple of minutes ago, just how much depth there is at the, in the United States at these weight classes. And, and um, man, it's been impressive to see. What, you know, from your vantage point, what do you see that's, that's led to this? I, I'm, I'm obviously biased towards what, you know, our guests say. And, you know, Bickley's a really impressive guy, and he talked about how uh, the RTCs have had a huge impact. I also just think overall, I mean, I wrestled, I made the world team in 86. I mean, I'm old. But back then, you, know, you didn't, guys weren't training with each other. Like, I mean, I was training with guys on my dad's college team. That was it because they were close. I mean, there's no cell phones back then. There's no social media. Now, all these kids all know each other. And like, all right, we're going to all go to Andy's gym and work out tonight. And then tomorrow, we're going to go to David's gym and work out. And you know, I'll call so-and-so coach who's unbelievable at leg place, and he'll come up and he'll teach all of us. I think there's a spirit of cooperation uh, and in the best states and in the best cities where, uh, you know, they, they it doesn't matter if, you know, I'm from the jurisdiction right next to you and we might wrestle in the state finals. And you you said something which was really cool last week when we spoke, you know, how Brands was helping out uh, Jason Nolf, I think you said. Not for Zane, but I think it was Nolf you said, you know, but the, these coaches from other schools are helping kids to, you know, they're trying to beat next year. You know, I think if I have it right, it was Nolf. Either way, it's either Nolf or Zane, and they're going to wrestle Kemmer or uh, Sorensen. And, you know, but 
I, I think that's a lot of it. It's just the spirit of cooperation. I don't know that that can be underestimated. And, um, I mean, you know, we also have a lot of, you know, we have the biggest pool of people to pick from just in terms of population. So we should be good. You know, it's just wrestling's not our national sport like it is, you know, like in Iran and some other places like that. So I, I just think it's a much more concentrated effort. I mean, when I talked to Gary Mayab, you know, he talked about how all these kids are, are going to be prepped for the junior world team. You know, when we would go to Fargo, I mean, it's like we have a five-day camp and then you go. I mean, that was it. Like, there was no prep. There was no nothing. You know what I mean? Things are way more organized now. And guys like Joe Russell and guys like Gary Mab, I think, will continue to elevate that, that process. Yeah, indeed. And then to touch upon what uh, what your point was about uh, Terry Brands and, and Jason Nolf and Thomas Gilman, to kind of clarify that a little bit, they were working on some uh, parterre stuff. So I, I don't know that we're going to see Jason Nolf trying to, to ankle lace or gut wrench Michael Kemmerer, but it was, to, to your point, it was pretty pretty interesting that, uh, you know, that you get to that level and it's, it's all about the red, white, and blue. It's not about uh, – you know, the Nittany Lions and the Hawkeyes and, and that so much, the college stuff anymore. But uh, it, it was really unique to see those relationships, uh, you know, you know, the college walls being broken down or whatever you want to say. Uh, but, uh, but anyway, um, you know, stay on this topic uh, real quick. You know, as I mentioned, two weeks or we're, I think, less than 10 days, about 10 days out from the start of, of uh, the Junior World Championships, those things are going to get going August 1st in Tampere, Finland. Also, right now, as we record this, we're 34 days out uh, from the World Championships, Senior World Championships in Paris, France. And uh, final tune-up for USA Wrestling, seven golds for men's freestyle, uh, two golds for women's freestyle, Tamira Mensa and Becca Leathers brought home gold from the Grand Prix of Spain. So those are the kind of results you want to see in final tune-ups. And uh, I'm sure Jaden Cox has got the pedal down trying to get ready as well uh, in short order here for, uh, you know, these last five weeks or so in his tune-up for France. Anything else on your mind from a freestyle standpoint, David? Freestyle Greco? Uh I just saw one of the results from Fargo that kind of uh, speaks to what you're talking about. There was a kid that just won the Junior Pan Ams in both styles, and I don't remember his name, so I'm not going to say I don't get it wrong. He was up at 6-0, and then the other kid scored 16 straight points in Tecto. So, I mean, that just shows, like, you know, you spoke about this last week, that as good as some of these age group teams are, are doing, we're not always even sending our number one guy, and they're still doing great. So... It just shows there is a lot of depth, and I think I'm just always impressed with how many parents make the commitment to their kids and to the sport, and they spend the money and they spend the time to help these kids become great. And uh, I mean, I, I, it is. I talked to a father who his son just won Fargo, and he told me the amount of money he thinks he spent in a year because in the last X amount of years, and I was like. You know, if you just stuck that in a savings account, you probably have enough for a full ride by the time college came anyway. And, you know, but we also talk about what 
the value of the sport brings all of our lives. You know, and especially those of us that wrestled, you know, like it's that saying that Gable says, once you wrestled, everything else is easy. And, you know, the highs in our sport are as high as anything gets when you, you know, when a kid achieves his goal and, and you know, you know that kid and you can be proud of him and or her, and that's going to change them for the better for the rest of their lives. So I, I continue to be truly, truly impressed by parents and their commitment to it, to their children and to our sport. I think it's awesome. Well, the big news that uh, broke Monday, we're recording this Tuesday evening, but the big news that broke late Monday afternoon and, and something you kind of had your fingers on the pulse on that was uh, in the works here for a while was uh, Eric Guerrero, longtime Oklahoma State assistant, leaving the Cowboys, going to be jumping to the other side of the Bedlam series, going to be the Oklahoma Regional Training Center head coach, David, you knew Eric was leaving or had a hunch that Eric was leaving. Did yeah. his destination, how much of a surprise was this to you that, that this is where he landed? Not much, really. Um, I, I, you know, I know I mean, Eric's, you know, a family man, and, you know, I know um, he didn't want to uproot or disrupt his kids, you know, what they're doing. And, uh and his wife is is entrenched in the community, and I you know I think they just have a lot of fans. I mean, I know they have to move you know from city to city, but not all the way across the country and stuff like that. And you know, for those people that don't know, I mean, I have a personal relationship with Eric, and you know, we've talked a lot just over the years about a lot of things. And you know, he's a guy that understood our PCs for a long time. I think it's a little you know weird for him. I'm, I'm I think we're going to have him on Matt Chat, you know, hopefully soon, but. Uh, I mean, he spent half his life in Stillwater. You know, I mean, he's been there since college. And, you know, you know, he's eight, he was 18 and he's 40 now. So I think anytime you leave, uh, you know, it's, you know, it's like anything. You, you leave with a lot of great memories and, you know, it's a new challenge. And, uh, you know, I know he has all the respect in the world for John. I know John respects Eric tremendously. Um, you know, so, I mean, I think there's some things that are in motion there, too. I think Eric will do great in Norman. I think uh, he and Lou Rosselli really, really have a lot of respect for each other. I mean, I've talked to Eric about that for years, you know, what had nothing to do with this. Just, you know, guys that he really respects in the business, and, and Lou's name was always at the top of the list. So I think that RTC will be really good really fast. And I think you'll see, you know, uh, Zach Esposito will become – the solo associate head coach, and I'm 99% sure that uh, Chris Perry will become the assistant head coach and Tyler Caldwell will become the volunteer assistant, and then, you know, they'll add somebody as a strength and conditioning coach. So I think it's like a lot of these moves where it could end up being a win-win, you know, for everybody. Um, so I could sense something was going on with Eric and we're friends long enough that uh, he won't lie to me. He'll just tell me, like, look, I can't talk to you about it. And, you know, when I was there and did the interview with, with John Smith, um, Eric and I had dinner and spoke and, you know, talked for a long time. And I could just tell something was percolating. But, uh, you know, now that I do stuff with track, uh, it's it's different. I'm not just asking as a friend. <laughs> Sometimes we have off-the-record conversations. So I knew about this before it happened. But, 
I'm happy for him. I'm happy for his family, and I'm I'm happy for Chris Perry and for Tyler Caldwell for those guys to be able to step up and have their chance at the you know next level up the totem pole. How crazy is it if you would have said back in January that Brent Metcalf would be at Iowa State and Eric Guerrero would be at Oklahoma? Yeah, and Mark Perry would be back at Iowa. Yeah, it's, yeah. You play the trifecta on that, you would have gotten good odds, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I think, you know, it also speaks to, uh, it speaks volumes to just, you know, the the emphasis being put on RTCs and how uh, college programs are seeing the incredible benefits of sinking the resources in there. I mean, you only get uh, 9.9 scholarships. There's only so much you can do there. There's only so many coaches you can have on your college staff. Um, roster limitations, you know, you only put 10 guys in your lineup at a time, but, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of people are seeing the value here and, and, uh, you know, surrounding your guys with, you know, people that they're not the best guy in the room anymore. Yeah. We're surrounding them with greatness. That's a great way of putting it. I mean, you look at Zane Rutherford and, and, uh, uh, you know, you get the returning Hodge winner who just mauled through, the postseason this year, and teched and pinned his way through the postseason, um, and then you get into his room, and uh, you know, not not the same way as it was. It's not the same now as what it was during the college season. But you look back the college season, he had Frank Molinero, who was, you know, came within an eyelash of of winning uh, bronze last year. Yeah. And, and you also had Franklin Gomez in there, a world silver medalist, both at the same weight class. And, and then, you know, we've mentioned uh, at, at length all of the other guys from, from Rutherford on up in that Penn State order. But, uh, uh, you know, you get further up and Bo Nichols rolling around with David Taylor and, and so on and so forth. So um, just obviously when, when uh, you know, we've seen it, for years and years that, that when guys are surrounded, when they're not the best guy in their room, uh, the growth continues to happen at, at such a fast pace. So, um, indeed, yeah. it's been interesting. And, and uh, you know, while we're on the topic of college wrestling, I don't know if you have any more to add to that, by all means, go ahead. But uh, while we're on the topic of college wrestling, you know, we talked to talked off air about what Michigan's got going on and, uh, you know, in terms of breaking news, some other stuff that broke over the weekend. Joey Silva, the stud out of Florida, four-time Florida State champ, um, top 10 overall national recruit by Intermat, uh, 33-41-pounder. Just a guy who's super physical. Uh, love the way he wrestles. He's going to become a Michigan Wolverine. David, some good things going on in Ann Arbor right now. Yes, uh, for sure. Uh, Silva... You know, Ben Freeman, uh, Drew Matten, you know, and you and I talked about this on air and off air uh, that we think Michigan and Arizona State are probably the two teams that can make, at least on paper, the biggest jump next year. And it feels like it may not just be like a one-year jump. It feels like, you know, maybe they can jump levels and stay there for a while. So, uh, you know, it was interesting. My mom and dad actually just went up to Ann Arbor last week and got to see the facilities and visit Cliff Keen and all that stuff and just had a blast and you know they're they're fans but they're not you know hardcore nerds and you know my mom called me she's like how good are they going to be and I'm like they're going to be really good and 
you know, that you broke the Silva story and that's, that's another, another, you know, key piece to the puzzle. And they, you know, they've had really good success with, you know, Florida kids in the past. Um, to go back to what you were saying, like about Zane and, you know, all these different rooms, I, and you're, you know, you're saying it perfectly, right? You can only have X amount of coaches, you know, can have Y amount of scholarships and, you know, you can only have Z amount of weight classes and, you know, this many, you're only allowed to practice this many hours a day. And so you obviously have to look for edges. You have to look for, uh, where you can get a competitive advantage. And what's really interesting is it's a chicken and the egg kind of thing with getting greatness. You've got to convince people that you're going to be great when, when you're not, uh, you know, like Mizzou with Ben Askren, you know, that changed the whole culture of that program forever. You know, he won nationals there. He made an Olympic team there. I guarantee you that was tremendously helpful in recruiting a Jaden Cox. You know, if they had never done that before, it'd been a lot harder. And so certain people have to be the pioneers. And a guy like Ben was, and, you know, Oklahoma has a history of greatness, but it's been a long time. And, you know, but, but Roselli was the Olympic or the USA Wrestling Coach of the Year. I mean, Eric's an Olympian. You know, he's coached a lot of great guys. When you start getting great guys, it makes it easier to get other great guys. Like, if they can get Deeringer, then that makes it a lot easier to get other guys around that weight class to come in. And that's the whole thing. It's You said it right. It's, you know, you don't ever want to be the best guy in your room because people will end up catching you. and that's, you know, you're trying to build levels of greatness and, and depth in greatness, you know, where, you know, the guy who's ranked number seventh on the U.S. ladder is happy to be there. Not like he's there demanding money, like he's the best guy. So, uh, and, you know, it ties to like what Wayne Boyd was saying, like Titan Mercury and Sunkiss Kids, they're, they help with these kids a lot, not kids, young men, you know, achieve their goals by helping them financially. So, the RTCs are going to continue to be a major thing and a major theme. And, you know, I've, I've known Joe McFarland for years, John Burmett for years. I mean, Joe actually recruited me. Um, I'm excited for Michigan. I think they're going to be really, really good. You know, uh, Logan Mass's dad wrestled for my dad. So there's a lot of connections there. I think they're going to be a really fun program to watch this year. Anything else you want to talk about this week? Uh, I don't know that there's a lot going on and, you know, no, I mean, next week there'll be some stuff and the UFC has a huge card next week with a bunch of ex-wrestlers on it. So maybe we'll touch on that. Um, but yeah, I'm super excited for you to, to make those overseas trips. I can't wait to, to hear about them when you come back. I know it's going to be an awesome opportunity for you and, you know, I'm glad to see track sending the best in the business. You're going to get a chance to go. Well, we may uh, be recording an episode in a couple weeks from uh, Tampere, Finland, and uh, who knows where I'll be uh, uh, three weeks from now, whether I'll be, uh, I think I'll probably be back in uh, Cedar Valley by then, maybe exhausted, but... Uh, <laughs> if we anyway. did one from Dubai, we can do one from Finland. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. You just yeah, have to teach me how to use the 800 number and I'll do it. <laughs> yep, we'll we'll make it happen. We'll make it happen somehow, some way. So, uh, David, who who do you have uh, lined up for match chat here coming up? Um, a bunch of people. Zeke Jones is going to come on this week. I'm also interviewing Kevin Dresser. I'm really excited uh, to talk to him. Both those guys. I had a cool conversation with Zeke at uh, Lincoln, and 
you know, Kevin Dresser and I spoke and, you know, talked to him about what they're doing at Iowa State. And then I talked to Sammy Julian, and he's going to come on again to talk about refereeing and all that stuff. And then um, I'm anticipating getting an interview with Eric uh, this week as well. I don't know if it'll be like a, you know, half an hour, 45 minute one, like a TED talk, but I do think we'll talk for at least 15 or 20 minutes and, you know, kind of let everyone hear his perspective directly on uh, his time in Stillwater and what he's looking forward to in uh, Norman. And uh, that's, you know, I think people want to hear that kind of stuff. So we're, we're trying to do our best to, you know, find people. If if uh, people have people they want to have as a guest, you know, they can always, you know, send an email on the track wrestling or, you know, send me a message on Facebook and I'll do my best to try to get them. Um, but yeah, I'm excited about all those people coming up. I think they're going to all be really, really good in, in, in their, their own way. Well, David Mercatani, it's been a short but sweet, episode of weighing in yes sir anything else you want to add this week no no it's been fun well that's been it for episode 46 of weighing in with andy hamilton and dave americatani thank you all for listening if you want to listen and download download and listen on the go you can certainly do so through the matt talk podcast network Otherwise, you can go to trackwrestling.com. If you are listening to us on the Matt Talk Podcast Network, you can go to trackwrestling.com and uh, check out all of the coverage that's going to be coming your way over the course of the next uh, seven weeks from Junior World Championships, Senior World Championships, Cadet World Championships. We've got the countdown to Paris going on right now, 34 days out. American Greco star G'Angelo Hancock featured in today's episode of that. Uh, got a big throw from him in the Pan Am Finals. It's uh, in the middle of that match. So we'll have some other top uh, international stars being featured for the course of the next five weeks there. So be sure to check out all of that. And thanks again for listening this week to Weighing In. is part of the Matt Talk Podcast Network. For more wrestling podcasts, head over to matttalkonline.com.